Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Dave Onestead hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a pleasure to talk to Coach Wanstead, and he joins us on The Score Hotline, which is brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And, and Dave, we were talking about uh, – about the offseason and how it's begun now, and it's a big offseason for the Bears. Uh, I guess the offseason, the first uh, kind of uh, domino to fall will be with Derek Carr, who is going to be released most likely today. I think tomorrow his bonus would kick in, and uh, and he has not given Oakland any extra time, nor should he, in my opinion. They want to make a move, make a move, and give him uh, a chance to be the first guy signed. We know – there are teams interested. We know that uh, New Orleans is out of cash, but they've already talked to him. He's rejected the idea of any trade. He has that right. So he's going to basically be on the market for you know whoever wants to be the highest bidder. The, the Jets have been mentioned, but Aaron Rodgers has been mentioned too. And Rodgers went into the darkness yesterday. He's doing a four-day uh, darkness retreat which means uh, turning off your phone and uh, unplugging and apparently literally sitting in the dark. Um, Would you wait on him before, if you're, say you're a team like the Jets, do you want to get this done? And if cars available, jump on him or do you wait and see who else is available? How quickly does this move? Well, I don't think it's going to get, even if I would, Aaron Rodgers obviously is the better player. Right. There's no question about that. You'd rather have him. He'll sell the stadium out. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to have an impact on your team uh, outside of football a lot more than what Derek Carr would, in my opinion. But it's even if they want – but Derek Carr, I mean, will still upgrade you, and Derek Carr could get you into the playoffs, and who knows how far. So I think the Jets probably are looking at that. But this contract's not going to get done in four days. So Aaron Rodgers – He'll come out of darkness, uh, you know, before Derek Carr signs. And hopefully he sees the light, you know, I guess. I, I don't know how, to, you know, but, but, but uh, so I, I think when, when Aaron Rodgers comes out, because I think he does have some respect for the Packers and has a lot of feelings for them. And he's a smart guy. He's going to be in the league. I think he'll play some more. I think he'll come out and make a decision pretty quick. So Dave, with the Bears, Ryan Poles 
apparently, according to Justin Fields, who told Fansided, Ryan Poles will keep in touch with Justin Fields in terms of what is next by texting him throughout the offseason with updates, maybe with the status report. Whatever the case may be, there's going to be an open line of communication. How unusual or how typical is that in your experience with the quarterback and the general manager having that line of communication open in the offseason? Oh, I don't think it's unusual. You know, keep in mind, Justin Fields is not going to be sitting in that draft room or he's not going to be sitting in those free agent rooms. So all Ryan Poles is doing is he's going to basically let him know what they're doing when it's done. You know, he's there's too much secrecy and there's too much uh, everybody keeping you know to themselves. You know, not showing any of their cards in the NFL. You like to speak that he's not going to text Justin anything and take any chance that a friend of Justin's or somebody would see it on a phone and says, "Hey, we're we're in negotiations with Player X," and all of a sudden it breaks and and the deal falls through. So. I I think that's fine. You know, he's your leader. That's what, I think it tells all Bears fans that the Bears are, are not going to draft Bryce Young. I think it tells Bears fans that they're committed to Justin Fields. So let's move on. But they probably have to do their due diligence, right? They have to go to the uh, go to the workouts and see Bryce Young, and you know, it's just part of the process. And there's nothing wrong with keeping an open line of communication while they do so with Fields, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you have to, uh, you know, but, but I'll tell you what, the more people I talk to, guys, there are, I talked to somebody last week, and he felt like their people liked Will Levin's the best, you know, of all the quarterbacks. I mean, everyone's got their, what they want to do on offense, and everybody's got their preference. And so there's no guarantee that Bryce Young is the guy. There's And we talked about this. There's not a a Peyton Manning or a Trevor Lawrence uh, uh, in this draft that everybody says, he's the guy, he's the guy. You know, I saw one mock draft and that, uh, you know, that all of a sudden Houston sits there and says, we'll take it. Number two, we're not going to trade with you. Cause we like, we could take either one of these guys. We could take Bryce young or we could take CJ Stroud. So, you know, there's no guarantee that anybody's going to come up there and take the bears pick. You know, I, I think that uh, I, I think somebody will, but there's no guarantees of that. So the Bears better be ready to take somebody with that first pick in a draft. So, Dave, you're in the room, let's say, with Ryan Poles and his staff and all the scouts, and you're looking at last year's tape and you're looking at next year's projections and you know have all the contract information at your disposal. What is your number one priority in terms of a position group or maybe a specific position as the Bears begin this offseason? Well, I'll continue saying this. I would spend my money on offensive line, and I would draft defensive line. That's just my thinking, from my experience, my philosophy. And uh, so I I would be looking at those two areas right off the bat, seeing if there's any real established offensive lineman that can come in and make an impact right now and be willing to pay him. And you might have to pay him a little bit. And, and, and you know what, guys, we talked Super Bowl earlier in the show. The the blueprint is really pretty much there with, that's why this was such a critical game in my mind, at least in my mind, that I wanted to see the first dual threat quarterback, 
true dual threat quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. And when I say dual threat, you might start. Yeah, I played against Steve Young, and I play. I mean, I've coached against a lot of those guys. Okay, that were Brett Favre's of the world. But let me tell you something. He had when your quarterback has thirty nine touchdowns, and I think fifteen of them are runs. You know, in the other in fourteen or or passes, that's dual threat. And that's what Justin Fields is in my mind. And that's how the Bears are going to win. So the interest to me, and I know I'm backtracking a little bit here, but I'm trying to make a point. The real interest was, can a quarterback like Jalen Hurts go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl? Because that's the blueprint that the Bears would like to follow and should follow. And guess what? It worked. I mean, he, you score 35 points in the Super Bowl. Come on, guys. I mean, you, we got to win that damn game. I mean, that's, uh, that is not on that offense. It's not on Jalen Hurts. The defense didn't make it happen in the second half. So I think the Bears, here's my point, that they can take that blueprint of the Eagles somewhat and make it work. The Eagles added two or three veteran offensive linemen. You know, they obviously they AJ Brown, they draft, you know, so there's something there at least as a reference. And I think that's a real positive for Bears and Bears fans. The Bears are only eight defensive linemen away then from being in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a starting point, Molly. I can't argue with that. I cannot argue with that. No. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, you got to draft a couple, and, and there'll be a couple free agent signings. Uh, but they can't miss guys. You know, the, the all-pro guy, the guy that's, that's established, I just keep coming back. I'd like to see him get an offensive lineman. And they may have to overpay a little bit for the guy, but if he plays for you for five or ten years, and, and that's what we're looking at here. Let's let's not, you know, take Tom Brady out of the that that whole thing is will never happen again with a guy playing that long. So we, we the Bears window, we gotta hit this thing with Justin Fields and this style of play. We gotta hit this thing in the next five years in my mind. So I would base everything off of that what I did free agency. So Dave a few years back, Sean McVay went up against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl and was badly outcoached, and everybody knew it, and everybody saw it, and credit goes to Belichick for doing that because there was the understanding that he was the, the smarter coach on that, on that Super Bowl Sunday. Happened on this Sunday with, I think, Nick Sirianni and his staff. You can point to the defensive coordinator, whatever the case may be. Andy Reid and the Chiefs outcoached the Eagles in the second half of that game. Now, McVay came back and won a Super Bowl with a different quarterback, but he now is is a member of that club. Do you think this badly damages Nick Sirianni in the way that maybe, you know, he had a great year. In two years, he got the Chiefs to the, he got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, but he was out coached. That could leave a mark in a place like Philadelphia, will it? Uh, it could, and with some fans, it will. You know, if they don't get back, absolutely, absolutely. But – I, I took, and I don't know Nick Sirianni at all, but I, I go back to this, guys. Before this season, last year, this guy, he was an offensive guy, and he said, you know what? With our quarterback, I believe in this kid. Our best chances as a football team, we've got to put in an offense. We've got to can this drop back pass, and we've got to put in a, a RPO, quarterback run pass option offense to give him a chance to be successful. And, and they, they got on a winning streak at the end of last season, and then it carried over this year. So I think, I think that Syria, he's done a good job. Defensively, they got caught on their heels, guys, and that can happen. Uh, you, know, uh, I don't, you know, we don't have a lot. I don't want to get into a lot of stories, but I remember at the Giants, 
we were up 27 nothing. So we were up at halftime with against Phil Sims and 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 this is back in the day, okay? And they uh we we came out the second half and they never punted. And I remember and it was just it was the craziest thing and it's down there and it's 34. We scored one touchdown in the second half on offense. We were struggling on offense. It was 34, I think 27 and they had the ball. And I remember Jimmy Johnson saying, "Dave, we gotta, you gotta come up with something to make a stop." <laughs> and and I'm I'm like holding my game plan, looking at both sides, and I said, "Jimmy, I'm I I got nothing. We we have run everything on this damn defensive game plan. Nothing's working, and it all worked the first half. They can't make that many adjustments. So we went with what the players did best, and we stopped them on third down. And Emmett ran the clock out, and we won the game. So I've been there when everything is just you know, falling the wrong way. And it's, uh, it's, it's a tough one. And, and we bounce back from that. So I think the point is that the Eagles will bounce back. They've got really good players on defense. They've got good coaches. I think it was just one of those games where philosophy wise, they probably anticipated a little bit too much pass and Andy Reid got him. He came out and ran the ball and kept it balanced. And that was the difference in the game. They they played a perfect second half, the Chiefs, right? They yep. didn't have a penalty, yep. they didn't have a turnover, they didn't allow a sack. They I mean they and, and they almost had to in order to win that game because they were trailing yep. and it was something like they've I think it was twenty three minutes they held the ball and they scored over thirty points. I mean it, it was incredible to see but, how efficient yeah. they were. And think about the defense. They didn't not only did they not get a sack, they had one tackle for loss the entire game, wow. which is hard to believe. And they, I didn't see anybody knock a pass down at the line of scrimmage. Forget about knocking one down in the end zone. You know, that defensive line, as talented as they are, you know, they made nothing happen. Like you say, they, they didn't force anything. And Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes did not make a mistake. They, they played flawless. That is very difficult to do uh, unless you got somebody special doing it. And obviously Mahomes is that guy. Dave, we know you respect the special teams aspect of every game. So when you looked oh. at that punt return, longest in Super oh. Bowl history, 65 yards, Kadarius Tony. Dave Tobe told Greg Olson before the game that something special was going to happen. He saw something in the way the Eagles covered punts or whatever the case may be. Maybe they outkicked the coverage. It did seem like it was mostly Tony more than it was the scheme, but what? how did you see that return unfold, and what do you credit it to? Yeah, I think it was Tony. I, and I, I know Dave Tell is a good coach, but please, that was not the one he drew <laughs> up on the board, I promise you. I mean, that was going, That was a left return, and he reversed field. And there's an old expression, when you cover kickoffs or you cover punts, you ask the entire defense, who's responsible for containing the back? And the answer to that, guys, is everybody contains. In other words, you do not go to the football until that football is inside of you and contained. And they lost containment. I saw three guys that started folding back inside, thinking the ball was going to go to you know, left, and it broke right. back right all the way side. So it's, they, that was fundamental technique that was lost by the Eagles coverage units they lost contain and that's what happened there they they showed a replay of it seven guys 
cut to the right, their right, the yep. left. That's, and then when he came back, that their team was gone, right? I mean, it was yes. one block and the guy's down to the five. Molly, I'm going to ask you, like I asked my players for 40 years, Molly, who's responsible for containing the ball? In other words, keeping it inside on a punt, kickoff or punt. Who's it? What's the answer? I am, Dave. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, Dave. Everybody. You just said everybody. so. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody contains the ball. And if it, when you contain the ball, you keep it inside. You keep it on your inside arm. That did not happen. That was that was Kadarius Tony from Florida. I mean, that I've yes. seen him make those moves before, right? I yes. mean, I, yep. I wonder if oh, Dave yeah. felt oh. like Tope felt like they were overplaying it, and he was going to cut one back. I don't know. I mean, that's uh, he doesn't he'll be get credit that. that. He, he'll, <laughs> hey, I promise you, he'll be talking that way in a clinic this off season. <laughs> you know we did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting about that play and that player, Tony. The Chiefs obviously made the trade midseason with the Giants, gave up a third-round yes. pick. The third-round pick they used, according to SI.com, was the one they got for compensation in losing Ryan Poles to the Bears. So the Bears, in their own way, small way, contributed to a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> wow. How about that? It, yeah. Isn't that uh, – yeah. You know what? That that was a great trade. How about that? When everybody traded him, they say, this guy hasn't done anything at New York. He's been hurt the whole time. And uh, there, he, there he is, longest punt return in Super Bowl history and, and makes a difference in putting that game around. Well, Dave, big picture, you wonder what effect the success that teams had in making trades this year. You look at Tony. You look at Roquan Smith in Baltimore. You look at the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey. How much will those successful examples lead to more teams making moves at the deadline next year? Well, the other side, that yes, I, the other side of that coin, we all saw – what happened at the uh, Tennessee Titans when they traded A.J. Brown. Right. And, and the head coach, Vrabel, was not very happy. They showed a draft in the draft room when that happened. And I think that took the heart and soul out of that football team. I really do. And uh, the GM ends up getting fired, and they don't make the playoffs, and they have a, uh, you know, so it, 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 it can go both ways. It can go both ways. Uh, you know, you want to start trading away some players and, and getting those picks. Well, you know, just be careful because it can, it can swing both ways is my point. And I think Tennessee is a great example of that. Dave, we'll let you go. Just a final thought on Mahomes. You know, we're talking about legacy and all this stuff. The guy has been in the league a short period of time. He's won two and lost one, got to three Super Bowls. How many more and how quickly and, and how good is he? Well, uh, you know, we, we, we know he's a great player. Right? He's a yep. Hall of Famer today. Yep. But uh, I, I think that comes down to two things. Really, keeping that Andy Reid and that offensive philosophy going, number one. And I think, well, maybe that's number two. I think the most important thing is his health. He's got to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I mean, the kid, the kid could do this for another 10 years. And Andy probably, you know, I, I don't know how old Andy is, but he could probably go another 10 years, you know. So I think – I think Patrick's health, number one, and number two, keeping Andy in that that uh, that chemistry, that that philosophy that he uh, he brings to the table there at Kansas City, that, that him and Patrick Mahomes have really, really connected with. I think that's critical. Really appreciate it, Dave. Great catching up. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Okay, okay, guys. We'll talk to you. Bye, bye. That is Coach Wants. That's sixty-four, Andy Reid. 
I think he's so got he's coming back. many reasons to come back. And Patrick Mahomes uh, being his quarterback, boy, you could that's enough right there to they, bring you back and a, to refresh you every offseason. A couple of those off-season. routes, the route where they where he started to cross and then went back and was wide open in the end zone, and then the other route where they went the other way, and they, they used the same play in two different ways. Because they were touchdowns. smart. They schemed it. They God. identified the personnel that the Eagles used and what they would switch to. And the second touchdown, Patrick Mahomes immediately was calling out 0 0 0, knowing they were in man coverage and what that would take. You run the motion, you reverse it, wide open, touchdown. Yeah. And then the ring around the rosy play. It didn't work, but it was fun. You can do that when you can do the other thing. If you're going to play around, you, you, and you, you can buy yourself that sort of the benefit of the doubt if you're kind of like, oh, well, who, oh, that's just Andy. You know, you can't do that if you're Matt Nagy. You can do that if you're Andy Reid. You think Nagy learned that? Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Pitching coach Tommy Hadovy of the Cubs wearing the blue pullover. Tommy Hadovy, pitching coach for the Chicago Cubs. You're transitioning from being a player to kind of getting into baseball. You take an online class, was it at Boston U, Sabermetrics 101? Yeah. I was a finance major in college and I had an economics minor. A lot of it was to, I'm going to refresh all my econ knowledge and I'm going to do it in a baseball course. It's like one of the best things ever. There's just a lot of trust there with Tommy. We know he's such a hard worker. He puts in all the hours and really, really knows what he's talking about when it comes to pitching. Tommy Hadovy, breaking down the starting rotation and bullpen on the north side with Mullen Haw. I'm here for one reason. I want to help these guys get better, and we want to win baseball games. Tommy Hadovy on 670 The Score. Tommy. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score always a delight to talk to the Cubs pitching coach. Tommy Hadovy is in camp and he joins us now on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Tommy, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm doing great, riding high off the obviously the Chiefs Super Bowl here, and <laughs> and now ready ready to turn the switch into baseball season. You knew when Mahomes limped off at halftime that it was just going to be a perfect second half. I I could feel the energy coming from. You know, it's you. you everybody asked me yesterday, like, oh, did you think they were down? What was going to happen at halftime? And being down tens, one thing we had the ball for nine minutes that first that right. first half and they didn't get any pressure on the homes. And we were just talking about that. When we were watching the game. Like if you weren't going to get any pressure, the offensive line was going to, was going to protect him the way we were. We are always going to have a chance at that point. So uh, yeah, I, I, what we said, I think, I think Kelsey said it too. It was like, whatever he's on, whatever they gave him to make sure he feels good, like give us some of that. <laughs> so Tommy, how tempted were you to go to the game if you didn't and how in the world are you going to get to Kansas city in time for the parade? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was here in Arizona. I've, I've been out here for about a week, get out here early with some, with some pictures. We've had like 25 guys out here for a few weeks now. And we just were talking about trying to get over to the game. And, and honestly, I, I'm partial to, you know, had my family been here, had it been more people I wanted to go with, you know, it probably would have went. But uh, last time we won the Super Bowl, I was sitting in my same complex down here in Arizona eating the same food. So <laughs> kind of played the, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it kind of thing. <laughs> and had some of the coaches over and, and got to enjoy watching the game. So, you know, it's uh, other than the the Cubs uh, World Series parade, in 2016, this week I've seen more people, I think, than I've ever seen in, in one area. Just with the Waste Management Golf Tournament, the Super Bowl, it's just been like Phoenix is, is buzzing for sure. They, they said there were like 100 private jets at the airport, something like crazy like that based on people coming in for the game or the tournament. Um, I, I mean, good God, it's just insane how many people were in Arizona over the weekend. It, it, it was, and, and they were talking about all these private events, these, these restaurants and places were closing down. I mean, it, it was crazy, but there was no lack of stuff to do, that's for sure. I mean, you know, this time of year in this area is always always a lot of fun. All right, Tommy, I guess we have to talk to you about baseball, so we'll go from one right-hander <laughs> in Mahomes to another. Michael Fulmer became a Cub last weekend, and he is an intriguing player to add to this bullpen. Former starter with the Tigers, had the Tommy John surgery, came back as a reliever, traded to the Twins last year. In your bullpen, what role do you envision him playing? You know, I think, you know, obviously still still waiting on all the, the stuff pending for him, to, for everything to be finalized, you know, obviously with, with the physicals and all that stuff. But adding, you know, adding a guy like him to our bullpen, I think really helps us solidify what we would consider like the back end of the bullpen. I think – when, when you start to talk about how guys kind of fit into some roles last year, we, we actually feel like we're getting to a point where we have quite a few guys that can kind of handle that two to three inning kind of hybrid role. 
um, which is extremely valuable. It's some of the most important innings of the game are those innings that happen like right after the starter comes out and, and you've seen Adbert Azalei, you know, thrive in that role. You've seen um, Keegan Thompson, Brandon Hughes, um, even Mark Leiter had a good stretch for us last year doing that. So we have some guys that can do that. And then just helping solidify that back end, those guys that can pitch, you know, every night if they need to um, have the stuff to, to compete late in the game to get saves. I think he fits into that into that mix. And, and again, just another good guy with some veteran presence, obviously a guy who's pitching a lot of games, but is still like coming into his own in a new type of role. You know, he's been a starter majority of his career um, and then obviously dealt with injuries and then kind of found a, a new niche, a new revival in, in this kind of late inning bullpen role. So um, obviously excited to add people like that to the organization and, and people that want to compete, but guys that, that want to get better are hungry to get better and find ways to continue to improve. Tommy, you, do, you don't really have a clear cut ninth inning guy. Uh, is that a job someone has to take or are you okay with the committee? I, I love the thought of, like somebody go take it, you know, like there's, you know, people in this game that have been closers for a long time, at some point they went and earned it. And, and I love the fact that we have guys that we know can get saves. Um, We have Ron Wick had saves for us last year, Brandon Hughes, Manny Rodriguez, um, you know, Adbert Keegan, like all these guys that had, that had done that for us, like, let's have some competition. Let's, let's step up. Let's see who wants to take over that role. And I think when you have that, it allows guys to go out there, have fun, compete, be themselves. And then things kind of just, just work out. The other part of it too, is being able early in the year, if you have two or three guys, you feel like can fit in that role, then you don't push one guy a ton early in the season. If there's a perfect pocket for a, a lefty, to come in in that situation, you know, you have guys that can do that. If there's a, a really good righty pocket and, and one of the other righties is, you know, pitched two days in a row, you don't have to push that guy that third day early in the year. So I think I, I do like the fact that we have guys that can do it. We have guys that we believe can be um, locked down late inning um, bullpen guys. And we're going to let them kind of compete and and show us what they can do. So, Tommy, this year you have the World Baseball Classic. And that creates a conundrum for a lot of pitching coaches, a lot of organizations. Marcus Stroman will represent Puerto Rico. And he's already in camp from what I understand. How do you view the balance you have to strike between, okay, you you love the idea of them wanting to get involved. These are high leverage situations. At the same time, you want them to be 100%. You want your pitching staff to be whole for the season, we've had Brian Cashman on the station a week or so ago. He's not letting Luis Severino pitch for the Yankees uh, because of the obligation to the Yankees. How difficult is that to know the right thing to do with each individual pitcher, and what is your overall philosophy? Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a great question. I think it's a difficult thing to kind of navigate. And, and I know for a fact that there were a lot more people, a lot more players in the organization that were asked upon than are actually going to play in the WBC. So, you know, there was a, there was a ton of conversations this off season, not only between us coaches, the front office, but, but also with the players and uh, making sure that we're making the best decision that we can, not only 
for uh, obviously for the organization, but for them. And and I think when you have a guy like like Marcus now had had the WBC happened after like the lockout last year, this would have been a nightmare. You know, we we'd have been trying to scramble and trying to see where guys were right before they're heading out. But now we've had so much time this off season to communicate with guys, to get bullpen data, to get video. Um, we can get guys out here. A big reason I got here out here early is to run these guys through kind of like these baseline bullpens that we run to get all the, the, the biomechanical data and all the stuff, like get a, get a baseline of where they are, understand how they're moving. And then we can just kind of have a better understanding of a more like holistic understanding of where they are instead of just making the decisions like, Oh yeah, you can just go play. That's fine. You know, we trust you. Um, but for a guy like Marcus, it, it's a little easier because he's been through it before. Uh, he knows uh, what it was like to play for Team USA, you know, a few years ago. He he had a routine. He had a, a, a plan. And now our, our plan here is to balance that, right? It's to balance him getting ready for our season, but also making sure he's prepared enough to be ready to, to compete for, for Team Puerto Rico and the WBC. Tommy, what can you tell us about uh, Kyle Hendricks? Is, where is he at? Is he – is he there? Is he ready to go? I mean, obviously, it's going to take a little while, right? Yeah, Kyle. Kyle's been down here basically all off season. Um, has a place down here. Um, you know, really, you know, Kyle. Like he works. He works his tail off. Has really been putting in the hours down here to get ready. Um, I think he's he's doing a great job with the storm program. He's playing long toss. Um, hopefully, next week um, everything progresses well. He'll probably start throwing off the mound, kind of like some flat grounds or, or some bullpens, start start ramping up. Um, yeah, but one thing I said about Kyle, you know, and, and credit to the organization for, one, being able to, to develop some depth, to develop some starting pitching that we feel like can help us compete, but also to the front office for going out and getting some guys that we know can help, um, whether they're internal, um, whether they're on the roster, NRI guys, uh, we have some guys that we feel like can compete. And when you have that, you don't have to push Kyle Hendricks to be ready for opening series, you know. And and I think when you when you look at being able to have time to get Kyle to where he needs to be to be successful and not selfish as an organization to get Kyle there as fast as possible, then I think you're making decisions that are in the best interest of, of everybody. So I think Kyle's feeling great. He's really optimistic about what he's doing. Um, obviously, it'll be a big test when he starts get ramping up in the bullpens. But, um, you know, for, for right now, I think he's on track for, for where we feel like he needs to be at this time. And, and, again, we'll get a better understanding in about two weeks or so once he's starting to get off the mound. Quickly, Tommy, do you have an ideal role specified for Keegan Thompson. He's very versatile. He could be used in a variety of ways. Yeah, I think he is a guy we're definitely going to stretch out um, this spring. The guy is probably going to get some starts this spring, but also, you know, pitch out of the bullpen with some multiple multiple innings. You know, when you look back at a guy like Keegan last year, Keegan didn't have an outing where he had less than, I believe, three days off between outings. Which is which was unique. Even in the bullpen, we tried to. It's like you, you try to give him the the correct amount of rest to make sure that he's ready. So it wasn't like even when Keegan went to the bullpen last year that he was throwing every other day. So I think our main goal with Keegan is definitely get him stretched out, get him built up in innings and pitch count, and then obviously just evaluate where where we are. You know, as we get closer to the end of spring. Tommy, I'd love seeing that you change Jamison Tyon's grip on his slider via 
via FaceTime call. That seems pretty awesome. What a new world we live in. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, again, like, you know, when, when you talk to these guys, when you make these free agent pitches, you kind of lay out some cool ideas for them. And, and for some guys, it piques their interest. It's like, yeah, you know, I'd love, I'd love to add this new pitch. And, and it is amazing when you can, when you have guys communicate or willing to, to try a new stuff, you can make quick, quick adjustments before you even see them in person. Awesome. Tommy, thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate it. Congrats and, on yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, congrats on the Chiefs. Way to go. Great game. Thank you, guys. Great talking to you. That is uh, Tommy Hadovy, Cubs pitching coach, <laughs> member of Chiefs. Chiefs I love the idea that he thought sitting in the right seat, sitting in the same spot, eating the same food oh, yeah. would help Patrick Mahomes be better. We've all done that. I know. Haven't we all? It's great, though. When you have a coach like that who comes across very cerebral, he's still just a meatball football fan. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. We've got Mike Florio joining us next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day, day by day, we get better and better. We can't be beat. We can't be beat. We'll be beat. Gator. Gator. NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio, and he joins us now on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Michael, good morning. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Great to be home. It was a long nine days on the road. Got home very late last night slash early this morning. And the reward for getting home safely is get right back to it because the NFL never sleeps. <laughs> You're exactly right. But now that the football season is over, it's bear season. Here they go. They got all the money. They got the number one pick. This is finally something exciting for the uh, the poor city of Chicago. Yeah, and the key is to be smart about the money, smart about the picks. I'm a big advocate in trading out of that top spot, maximizing the lottery tickets. The more lottery tickets you have, the greater chances you have to get players that are going to come in and help you win and also be on low-cost salaries for the next four or five years. And with free agency, don't get so caught up in blowing out the market early on because that's when teams overspend. Wait, be patient, wait for value and bargains to develop, and you can end up with more bang for your buck that way. So it's a great position to be in. The challenge now is to run it the right way. So, Mike, Derek Carr expected to be released by the Raiders by 3 o'clock Central Time today. Somewhere around that time after Aaron Rodgers talks to Pat McAfee, he may be going into a cave for four days in the dark. Um, Which quarterback do you think will be the first one to make a decision? Which quarterback will be the first one to be the domino that sets off the others? There was a report over the weekend that Rodgers is actually going into that cave on Monday, but – who knows? Who knows? And I still don't know why Aaron Rodgers needs to do something like that to come to a basic decision on whether or not he's going to play football for another year. All of us make bigger decisions, more consequential decisions all the time without any sort of special whatever it is that's going to cause him to have this enlightenment. I think that at the end of the day, look, Carr's going to become a free agent. 
Carr's going to be able to go out and find his next suitor. He's going to be able to work teams against each other. Maybe it's going to be the Saints. Maybe it'll be the Jets now that Todd Downing, who once was the quarterback's coach when the Raiders were in Oakland and Carr was an MVP candidate, is there as the passing game coordinator. So Carr could have multiple teams looking at him. But it was always pointing toward this for Carr. The moment they benched him with two games left, the goal there was to make sure he didn't get injured because if he had gotten injured in the last two games and couldn't have passed a physical by today, they couldn't have cut him without that money becoming fully guaranteed. This was all about avoiding $40.4 million in injury guarantees from becoming fully guaranteed. So the trade stuff, sure, they tried, but it was never going to happen because Carr had the hammer of the no-trade clause, and he made it clear to the Raiders late in the process he's not waiving it. Why should he waive it? Because anyone that would trade for his contract and give the Raiders something of value would pay Derek Carr more than his contract if he was a free agent because those draft picks have real cash value. So smart move by Carr. Now we'll see what happens with Rodgers. It's a very simple flow chart. One, do I play or not play? Two, if I play, do I play for the Packers? Three, if not the Packers, then who? And that's what he's got to figure out. And I, it's just amazing to me that he has to be in darkness for four days to figure that out. You would think he knows in his heart what he wants to do. We all kind of know what we want to do. It's just a matter of, of recognizing it and doing it. But, again, to each his own, whatever he has to do, to come to a conclusion, decide whether or not he wants $60 million to do for one more year, the thing he's done every year since 2005. But that's why I think at the end of the day he's going to play. The real question is, does he uproot his life professionally or does he stay in Green Bay? And last year I think he went through this, decided to stay in Green Bay and not go to Denver. This year it's going to be very interesting to see what he chooses to do. Well, the Colts have a new head coach. I, I wonder if he will emerge from his cave, Plato's cave, and decide to follow Shane Steichen to Indy. That would be a worst-case scenario for the Bears because they they want Indy to be trading for a quarterback. What What's your take on that new hire? I think the Colts have decided to get off the aging veteran quarterback highway because they've got a habit of getting these guys one year too late and it blows up in their faces. And maybe a year or two ago, Rodgers would have made sense. I just think they got a lot of they got a lot of building to do. And I don't even want to call it rebuilding. It's been so long since they've been good. It's just building at this point. And I, I I'm surprised that Chris Ballard was able to talk Jim Irsay, the owner of the team, out of hiring Jeff Saturday because I thought this whole thing was going to be because they did 13 interviews. Then they did second interviews. They were going to do third interviews. I thought this whole effort was aimed at allowing Jim Irsay to stand up and declare to the world through a rigorous and exhaustive interview process. I have decided that the best man for the job is Jeff Saturday. I mean, I was surprised so many people sat for that job. It shows you how desirable these jobs are, that that many people would sit for a job and it looked like it was rigged for Jeff Saturday. And so when Ursay was so determined to hire Saturday, the fact that you'd hire a guy who's never been a coach before is kind of surprising to me. But I think it shows that Chris Ballard has kind of, you know, wrested the keys away from Jim Ursay. And maybe Ursay is going to go back to being a little bit less involved in the in the overall vision and management of the team. Mike, 113 million people watched the Super Bowl on Sunday, and it's not something that is broken. I don't know if they need to try to fix it, but I ask you this: any conversation, any thought at all about ever moving the Super Bowl to Saturday night? 
There's been conversation and discussion about that. I'm not sure that they think they would get a bigger audience on Saturday night. And if they did think they could get a bigger audience, they would possibly consider it because at this point, you know, there's only so much they can do to increase their inventory. So they have to do little things with the games they have to try to maximize the overall impact from a financial standpoint. That's why this whole neutral site AFC NFC championship thing came up. It's a way to increase revenue without increasing costs or expanding your product line. So, you know, they've wanted for years to line up Super Bowl Sunday with President's Day weekend so people are off on Monday. So, hey, you can move it to Saturday. I just think that it's always been Super Sunday, Super Bowl's on a Sunday. But I think at the end of the day, they're concerned that fewer people would watch it on Saturday night. People are going out. You know, it's not home. It's still harder to measure who's watching these things out in a crowd at a bar or whatever. They've come up with better ways to do it, but I don't think it would move. But if they thought that they could blow it past $113 million, like to 120 or 125 or 130 if they thought moving it to Saturday would do it, they probably would. And I think of this every year. There's 330 million people in this country. What the hell are the other 217 million doing? <laughs> Well, I mean, seriously. I know. Seriously. And maybe we're caught in the bubble yeah. that, that everybody we know is interested. How can that – how can two out of three Americans not be interested in watching the Super Bowl? It's astounding to me. I completely agree, Mike. I had a friend who would shush you during the commercials because that's the part of the game he liked. I think people like every element of it. Yeah, there's something for everything. It's the ultimate American experience. It's like not celebrating the 4th of July. I suspect that more than 113 million people celebrate the 4th of July. Of course. Yeah. Well Great put, point. Mike. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. That is Mike Florial. That's so Shushing true. during commercials. How, yeah. When, yeah. When were you watching the Super Bowl the, with my wife? Is that right? Does she love the commercial? Hey, did you see the dog commercial? Oh, yeah. Farmer's, farmer's dog? Let me tell you something. And then, then the other, the uh, Amazon, the delivery I one? I didn't even notice it. The farmer's dog. It's because I'm not a dog guy, maybe. But it was like the little girl growing old with the dog. I didn't even ca- catch any of it. I was like, yeah, whatever. I was barely glancing. That I also, was one of the more emotionally. I, I was kind of unpacking. I didn't, didn't do anything. I didn't get commercials. it. And I, it, I sat right through it. It's... And then I, I missed Rihanna because I threw my, I was unpacking and I was putting stuff up. How could you unpack during the halftime show? When was I supposed to do it? Oh, my gosh. You was weren't it, it working was a, on Monday? You could have packed after hour. the game. I went back and watched it. I'm just saying, okay. that, well, I, I did not watch it live. I'm glad that the the uh, commercial with the dog, though, touched you in a way it that didn't, was special. It, I missed it. I utterly, it went right by me. But I you, did not see anything You must have gone it. back and watched it. No, I went back. I, I heard it was like the best commercial, and it was this company from Brooklyn. I mean, whatever. I knew that you were more the, of a binky dad guy. 312 <laughs> It's Molly and Haw on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.